This is the intersection. The intersection. This is the Intersection Podcast, recorded Monday the 4th of June 2018. Episode 35, Dub Dub DC. The Intersection Podcast is only made possible through the support of its listeners and sponsors. If you have a product or service that you feel may appeal to our audience, please contact sponsor at intersectioncast.com. Hello and welcome to The Intersection, a podcast that bridges together the worlds of tech and pop culture. And it seems like it's been a while since I've brought you um, a tech-centric uh, episode of Intersection. Uh, but we've got a lot to cover this this week with this episode, uh, mainly because um, Apple's keynote for their Worldwide Developers Conference has just finished. Uh, this is the uh, Developers Conference that they hold um, this time of year, every year. Um, this year was held in San Jose, California, and it's normally around a three to four day event where developers get together after Apple unveil what they have in store for the uh, the next iteration, the next version of um, their iOS operating system and their macOS operating system. And obviously developers get developers get to learn uh, what what new APIs are available and what new things that they can they can do uh, with their applications and they attend a number of workshops and normally just just get going in in ahead of uh, the formal release of the operating system which tends to be around the autumn time when we see the new iPhones Um, but nonetheless um, Apple had their conference this evening and um, it was all software um there was no hardware announcements at all there were some rumors that we might be seeing a new ipad pro and um a, a lower price home pod but really there was there was never really going to be any chance of seeing those things um unveiled at this type of event because this event is purely about software and purely for the developers uh there'll be plenty of time for hardware announcements later on in the year um and um so really the um main thing that was unveiled in, in in this event was iOS 12 and we were kind of warned a few months in advance uh, that we wouldn't see many new features in iOS 12 um, that they were working on things such as a, a redesigned UI and, 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 and a number of innovative new features but they were going to focus on fixing bugs because iOS 11 the current version of iOS is probably the buggiest version of iOS that Apple have ever released. There have been all manner of problems. Um, It's been frustrating for users and for Apple alike. And really what what we have heard is that with iOS 12, they were going to focus on stability, getting everything working perfectly uh, and save all of the... uh, all the new bells and whistles and the new features for the next edition, which will essentially be iOS 13 next year. Um, And also we had the release uh, last week of iOS 11.4. Now with that release, um, a lot of uh, features Apple had promised us for a while uh, were suddenly given to us. Um, The main one from my point of view being AirPlay 2. Now AirPlay 2 was announced 
funnily enough, this time last year at the last developers conference, and it's taken this long for Apple to formally release uh, the AirPay Play 2 wireless protocol. So what that basically means is um, you have various AirPlay 2 devices, the HomePod being the most obvious one, your Apple TV when connected to a sound system is another, your Mac is another, and there are various other AirPlay Play 2, third-party AirPlay 2 speakers on the market because Apple actually licensed the AirPlay technology. And I believe um, many of the uh, Sonos speakers will support AirPlay 2. Uh, they don't at the moment, but updates are imminent. So we're talking about the Sonos One, the ONE, the the one that's a smart speaker as well as a, a standard single speaker, and the Play Five, etc. Um, and the thing about AirPlay Two is it all ties in nicely to Apple's HomeKit, the Home app, and we you can have things such as multi-room audio where everything remains perfectly in sync. And in the case of the HomePod, you'll be able to have stereo pairing. So these are things that were promised to us a while ago. AirPlay 2 was promised to us last year. Um, certainly in the case of the HomePod, um, uh, what was promised to us was multi-room audio and stereo pairing. And we received all of those things after a bit of a delay. But nonetheless, we received all of those things last week with the iOS 11.4 update. Now, um, on top of that, we also release, received um, iMessages in the cloud. Now, that's something that Apple, again, this time last year, promised, and it took them a long time to implement. But basically what it means is that um, iMessages can now be moved over to, to iCloud, relieving you of a little bit of storage on your device, and making sure that your messages remain perfectly in sync between your iOS devices and your Mac before you would have a case of, um, you know, if you receive an iMessage on one device and let's say delete it, it wouldn't necessarily delete from the other devices and so forth. So everything's been moved to iCloud now. Um, interestingly enough, iMessages um, in the cloud have to be enabled via the account section of the settings app. So if you go into the settings app and you literally tap on your name at the top or your, your little picture, your avatar, um, you will see details of your iCloud account and then you have to opt in and switch on iMessages in the cloud. Apple will not um, not prompt you to do it funnily enough um so i mean i'm guessing that's because it's something you might want to um consider carefully do you want to move your messages to to the cloud but um apple assure us that um iMessages will be encrypted and there's no compromise at all but there's, there's very little risk of your data and your personal messages being compromised but i appreciate that people might be wary about that and so i guess that's why they've gone for an opt-in option um so 11.4 was quite a big update and i think the reason why apple released the update last week rather than releasing it today and making a bit a big of song and dance about it today was because they had a lot to get through today contrary to what a lot of people were thinking and that actually did seem to be the case um because I was personally impressed with what was unveiled to us 
today with iOS 12. Um, there's a lot more there than I was expecting. And I'm just going to go through the event review in, in the order of in which things happened. I, and I won't go through absolutely everything. You, you can see the video online. You can, you can stream it. It's easy enough to find. But I will go through some of the highlights, some of the things that impressed me the most, um, just to give you a summary of what's coming to us September of this year. So Apple kicked things off uh, celebrating 10 years of the App Store. And it's quite funny because I'm, I'm suddenly reminded of the time when um, the iPhone was very first released. And it was almost about a year, I think, when, when there, you, couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't add any, add any additional apps at all. You know, you were just stuck with the stock ones. Um, but it's quite impressive. It's 10 years old. It's a $100 billion marketplace in terms of the amount of money developers have made. Um, and um, <laughs> Apple immediately made, a, made, made quite a claim, actually, um, in saying that uh, customer satisfaction with iOS 11 was at 95%, which to me was a little bit of the what the hell type moment, simply because it's been probably the buggiest iOS, as I said before, and it's had the most amount of complaints from certainly from, from what I've heard anecdotally. Uh, but nonetheless, that's their claim. And um, what immediately said was that um, iOS 12, as I, you know, as I, as I predicted before, would uh, be focused on performance. Um, and so immediately we were given assurances that all devices that supported iOS 11 will support iOS 12. That actually doesn't extend to watchOS because, yes, we, we a new version of the Apple Watch operating system was also announced, and I will get on to that a little bit later. Um, that is the exception, though, that the first-generation Apple Watch um, Series 0, as it's known, will not support the next version of watchOS. But other than that, all the devices uh, that support the current iOS operating systems this year will support the ones uh, that will be released later on in September. So Apple also made some claims that because performance is um, a focus of iOS 12, that um, we will see sort of faster performance on even older devices. And, you know, they use phrases such as twice as fast so that remains to be seen if you have an older iphone like an iphone 6 uh, um, there may be some hope for that device um, you know last you a couple of years longer if, if that's the way you want to go certainly if um, you know the performance is twice as fast whether that actually is the case in reality that's remain you know remains to be seen but uh, we'll take their words for that for now because normally they are quite conservative with their assertions and normally under promise and over deliver so um, there may be some hope in that one of the first things apple um, talked about was augmented reality and they always seem to be pushing augmented reality and the iPhone 10 was supposed to be, um, you know, a big de device for augmented reality with its dual cameras at the back. And it has some enhanced sensors, which makes it superior, apparently, to the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 8 Plus when it comes to augmented reality. And the fact that we've seen demo after demo of um, augmented reality apps and that. They, but the thing is, they don't actually show anything compelling. They don't show anything too interesting. Yet yeah, we see that there's an object. 
um, there's an object in sort of in real space in real life and um, you know we, we, we track that with the phone's camera and we see all manner of things happen in the vir virtually on the screen around surrounding that object so it, it other than that it's just it hasn't been too compelling at all it's been a little bit of a gimmick to be perfectly honest um we've seen applications such as the ikea home app which i don't actually think was released officially in the uk um it was a us app it might be actually but but from from at the time it was released I and mean, there was a lot of buzz around it. it was a us app and it's essentially the ikea catalog so you would use the augmented reality uh, features of your iPhone 10 or other iPhone to place IKEA furniture in your home in, in you know and you could see exactly um, how furniture would look in in your living environment and it, it was to scale and you know you can move things around and you, you could plan your your home furnishing that way and um you know that was a cool app it was free everyone downloaded it just to play around with it but i think most people forgot about it so i you know we've not really seen a, a compelling use of augmented reality despite apple's assertions that it is the future but nonetheless they um they announced today that they have created a new file format so they've teamed up with pixar you know of disney pixar um and they've created a new file format called usdz now what this does is uh, this is essentially allows you to place to create and place 3d objects in into the real world and this new file format um has already has support from adobe uh there'll be native support for this format in the adobe creative cloud which basically means that familiar applications such as photoshop etc you know can be used to create or create augmented reality content or objects to be placed in, in an augmented reality space and that's all well and good but they actually apple actually did announce something to do with augmented reality that actually seems useful and this in its simplicity to me is the first compelling use of augmented reality and that's the measure app so there'll be a brand new app called measure um it'll be part of ios 12 and essentially uses the augmented reality sensors of your ios device to measure objects in the real world so when you go into this app the camera is launched let's say for example you have you have a 3d object in front of you you know on your desk let's say a box for example what you can do is um, tap on the screen where you see the box and you drag lines along the edges of this 3d object and what it essentially does it measures the object you get perfect accurate measurements and dimensions of the 3d object just like that and it also applies to flat objects they showed a demo where they had a photograph um there was a photo on a flat surface and the same thing you would use you would tap on it and you would sort of drag around the edges of the um of the photograph you drag the line around the edges of the photograph and um it would detect the actual dimensions of the of the photo and, and, and inform you what the dimensions are so that's extremely useful and that's like that's a that's a very high-tech sort of ruler high-tech tape measure and that's absolutely perfect that, that's the sort of day-to-day -day thing that i would use and 
it seems to me a better use of augmented reality than the next thing that they demoed which was essentially lego now lego um so they came onto the stage a representative from lego and they had a, a lego set it was a house or something like that and they showed um how you know you you could use augmented reality to bring it to life and to to join um the, you know, sort of virtual lego buildings to a real one so what happened was is that uh, i forget what type of building it was let's say for argument's sake it was a bank and you know so you you have it you have a toy a lego toy a lego bank and you use an augmented reality app to attach to that bank, let's say a Lego hotel and so forth, and a Lego school and a Lego hospital. And then you've built a Lego town starting with, it, with, with this bank, this physical object that you have, but you've, you've, you've attached virtual objects to it to, to create a Lego town, which is all well and good, um, but what's the point? But um, it's... It... it, it just proves to me that we're not quite there yet when it comes to augmented reality um google they had their conference a google io conference um almost a month ago now um and they showed a better use of augmented reality i felt where they demoed using the camera and the camera detecting your you, you know where you are your 3d space and also using the gps to point out to nearby restaurants and nearby points of interest and things like that you'd have arrows you'd have little you know there's a restaurant this way there is a monument that way and i thought really that's the route apple were going to go down when it came to augmented reality apart from these kind of these, these these very gimmicky demos that they keep giving us um i mean the lego thing i'm maybe i'm being a bit harsh because you know it opens up a lot of potential when it comes to gaming because another thing they demoed was that you can have share you can share the uh you can share the the 3d space um when it comes to augmented reality between ios devices so what you can have is have a 3d object and they did demo this really the lego the lego thing you have a 3d object in the case which is the lego house and two people two or more using different ios devices can interact with that same object that same ar ob object um now that as you can imagine that can that, that has a lot of potential in terms of gaming um so you've got shared shared space uh free object you can both interact with and see the ramifications of your interaction on each person's respective screen um but again other than the fact that you know it could be used for some interesting video games i don't see the point of it and uh, no actually there was one more thing um the, there was um apple did demo um this new format this um this us uh, usdz format and how um it can be used to show real objects um, or show show objects, I should say, um, at their actual size in the real world. Now, the what they used was um, a demo. Well, the, the example that they used was a website where um, you could order order a guitar. So you can you can customize a guitar, you know, have it in any style or color that you want. And let's say hypothetically, you're ordering the guitar, 
and um, you've customized it via a traditional website and you want to see how this thing will look um, in, 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 in your in in 3d space you want to see how it will look within your environment in your room in your studio whatever and you want to see how big it is so what what they did with this demo is they literally the, the user customized the guitar and they transferred this and, and and it um turned into a 3d object which you could fully rotate and, and manipulate and then display in the context of your surroundings using the augmented reality application so you could see uh, this guitar in its actual size in your bedroom in your living room etc etc so i mean that 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 again is, is is another useful way of um taking advantage of augmented reality um but ultimately yet yeah, the lego stuff found it was completely pointless so moving on to photos there was some improvements there but very minor ones um the photos app on ios is a bit of a bloated mess it's certainly not as sophisticated as google photos um and obviously google photos have the draw of giving you unlimited um storage cloud storage for your photos for you know for free <laughs> and apple still don't do that apple still um, have chargeable tiers um for, for icloud storage um there wasn't really much um in terms of improvements to photos they say you know you're going to have improved search um search facilities um in terms of there will be suggested searches so if for example you have um taken photos at an event so it will tap into it will tap into um, um, event data, event information. So, for example, if you have been to um, a sporting event, or you've been to a pop concert, or something like that, you will get suggested searches, and you'll be able to search via the event name. And by, um, you will also be able to search for photos via a business name. So, you know, you took a photo in. I don't know, Costa in Greenwich, for example, you'll be able to um, get, get your photos in that way as well. Um, there is a number of um, effects that um, are being added to the Photos app. And this is something that Google Photos has done for a long time. So what it would do is it will upload your photos to the cloud and it will then apply and it uses um all, all sorts of um a, a quite wacky um algorithm actually and it, and it it it's really good um it will apply um effective effects on your photos and i say effective because it, they're not random effects or filters they are ones that really do enhance your your your, your pictures and it it's it's almost contextual the way it works and Google Photos has done this for a while. And what Apple announced was essentially a very similar thing, suggested effects. Um, so that's coming. Another thing that they mentioned was shared activity and sharing suggestions. So you can already create um, shared photo albums on, on iCloud Photos. And what they are saying will happen now is that if, um, for example, you have a set of photos 
like you have um you've taken photos at a party it's all been in one look it's all been in one location you've taken photos at the party it will suggest to you that hey here's a set of as a potential set of photos maybe you want to share them now where it gets interesting is that it will apparently suggest who you may potentially want to share them with using um the facial facial recognition features that you've set up in the photos app if you've identified um individuals um on, on the photos app and, and you know it does already it already uses facial recognitions to uh, for you to search by, by individual um it will it will scan your photo library and it will say hey you've got a set of photos featuring um let's say johnny um do you want to share these images with johnny and it sets things up ready to go for you and um it it, it, it just does this all automatically um another good thing though but this is this is a feature that will be really useful and it's always bothered me but i'm glad they're doing it is if we use the example of let's say johnny um you've, you know there was a party and johnny was there and it's suggesting that you share these photos with johnny because johnny was there and it's and it's already grouped the photos together it's a set of photos and you say yep i want to share them with johnny now johnny was at this party but johnny took his own set of photos so what will happen is is that um once Johnny has agreed to um, the photos that you're sharing with him, it will scan his iCloud library and it will try and unify those photos with your photos so you have a single shared album of the same event. This is a really welcome addition to photos. This is something that has bugged me forever, particularly when we, because um, we have a large family, and if it's someone's birthday, I take photos, someone else takes photos and someone else still takes photos. And, and, you know, I, I, I share them, but, um, you know, I know I'm missing out on the, on, on, on the photos that other people have taken. And it's very difficult sometimes to, to ask for people to share their photos. And then I have to sort of try and add them all together into a unified set rather than having separate albums for, for each person's set of photos. And this, so this would be really, really useful. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, onto Siri. Now, this is where this is the area in which I was hoping to see many improvements. Siri, quite frankly, sucks. I would say. I mean, Siri's a little bit better than uh, she has been in the past. But Siri, Apple's um, personal digital personal assistant, um, is definitely trailing behind the likes of amazon's alexa and the google assistant and etc and we've spoken about this before and i was really hoping for some big siri improvements um i was both satisfied and disappointed i'd say at the same time because um there wasn't really any focus on siri's lack of intelligence but um apple in last year 2017 acquired the company who developed the application called workflow and workflow was an application on ios that allowed you to create batch actions so you could create um automated tasks so for example you could um create um a, um task to um let's say do a search on 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 a on the web browser so search for you know search for coffee shops you could do one that will 
um, allow you to batch um, um, text a, a particular group of contacts. You could um, do one that uh, will inform a group of people uh, simultaneously that you're running late or, or that you have arrived um, or whatever message you want. Or you can, you know, it could be a simple action such as um, play a particular playlist on um on on your on the music app or, or or third party app even so you can combine any number of actions um using a variety of applications and create these little batch these little batch jobs and that's essentially workflow and workflow was highly customizable and it was a very useful app a very unique app on um, ios and what apple have done after acquiring the company that developed workflow is essentially to tie it into um, Siri uh, with some serious you know, Siri integration. And now you and they call it shortcuts, by the way. So it's now called shortcuts on iOS 12 and it's called Siri shortcuts. And what you do is you can, you know, you're in the same way that workflow worked before you create a series of actions, but these are called Siri commands. So for example, with the original workflow app in, in order to execute these, these batch tasks, what you would do is go into the app itself and, and tap on the, on, on the button, the shortcut button, or the, or you can have favorite tasks accessible via the, um, the widget section on on the um, on, on the home screen of, of your iOS device um, and um, but now um, with iOS 12 you use Siri to to execute the action and so with you, with a Siri shortcut you can stack a number of things so for example with the demo um, there was a case of um, use HomeKit to um, automate a scene at home. So set the lights to a certain level and let's say play a particular playlist at the same time via Apple Music. And that could be all, all be done in one go. And instead of literally asking Siri, um, you know, set scene to relaxation and play playlist, blah, 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 blah. You create the command. So the command could be I'm at home or I'm coming home. So then what happens is you ask, you say to Siri, hey, Siri, um, I'm at home. And then all of that will happen. Um, it doesn't make Siri any more intelligent, but um, it gives you the power to make Siri um, certainly more intelligent in terms of recognizing and, and actioning the things that you want to do. And Apple showed very briefly how one sort of stitches together um, uh, these um these actions and 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 how you um actually create these phrases and what they have done is created a drag and drop interface um and and you sort of you stitch the um you stitch the actions together in that manner and then obviously you record your 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 siri phrase you set your siri phrase at the end of it um and it looks fairly straightforward to use it might be intimidating for the casual user but um as someone who has used um workflow before it does look very familiar um i mean a demo they had specifically was um i, I gave the one of heading home um they did actually show this on the screen so they showed the interface um the command being heading home would uh set the thermostat to uh 
a certain temperature it would turn on the fan in the, you know, in the living room at home and um, it will um, you can even do things like um, contacting certain individuals at the same time and say that I'm at home etc etc so um, what happens is that you know it does all of this and it and it will show the results as well so you may command um, Siri that you to uh, let your head in home and Siri will translate that to say okay great I'm going to do a B and C so you're going to get there in X amount of time so Siri will tell you when you will reach home based on your location um, I sent a message to Cheryl as in this example and your thermostat set to 70 degrees and I've turned on the fan so Siri will feed back to you with all that information at, you know, as you have configured her to uh, to interpret. Um, there's been some enhancements made to the Apple News app. Um, nothing mind blowing really. Um, it, they have um, basically brought stocks and business news to Apple News or rather Apple News to stocks um, you'll be able to Apple, um, access uh, business information from the stocks app um, there's some UI differences with Apple News um, voice memos and stocks are coming to the iPad uh, for those of you who haven't already found a, sort of a third party app solution for those things that were initially missing from the iPad um, and um, iCloud supports come into voice memos. Nothing groundbreaking there, really. Um, the iBook store has been rebranded to Apple Books, and this will combine ebooks and audiobooks. Um, and um, an, an announcement on CarPlay third party navigation apps are coming to CarPlay so there'll be support for third-party apps before you were restricted to using the Apple Maps app to um, for your navigation and now you can you'll be able to use uh, the whole variety of third-party apps that are available um, which is big if you use CarPlay CarPlay hasn't really taken off in the UK I don't know a single person who has um, a CarPlay already um, in car unit or or an aftermarket unit I haven't really played around with it myself, but no doubt for those who do use CarPlay, um, that's good news. Um, here's an interesting thing now. So digital health seems to be a big concern at the moment. Um, Google have addressed it and Apple have addressed it. And immediately they identified that uh, as great as applications are and using your wonderful iOS devices is um, apps are addictive, can be distracting and the apple are going to help us to uh, limit those distractions now um and like i said google did with at their last event at the google io event they tried to address this by having a we're going to help wean you off your device after a certain time so you set a time where you want to sort of wind down and start to relax let's say for argument's sake 10 p.m and then it would change your screen to grayscale and you know to try and to um diminish the lure of your device and that's something that they're going to do with the next version of android um so what apple apple's version apple's take on this is to announce something called do not disturb at bedtime which is not to be confused with do not disturb at the moment do not disturb 
um, simply um, silences your device, doesn't allow phone calls to get through to you, to ring through to you unless the person is on a, on a, on a VIP list. Um, and likewise with messages, you won't be um, annoyed with messages and alerts in terms of um, them sounding on your phone or the phone vibrating. They will still come in and um, you you know you you deal with them um, when when you deal with them so the problem with this is that uh, your phone still lights up these things still come in i mean even though you can't hear it you can see it you know the screen is still flashing all over the place and what do not disturb at bedtime does is essentially blackens the screen so there is minimal information on your screen it's just a black screen that's it um, so you, you avoid the whole barrage of, of alerts and you can, um, you can opt, you opt in when you want to deal with notifications. So for example, if you set do not disturb bedtime, um, you know, at, at, at midnight, at midnight onwards, um, and you wake up in the morning, um, you won't suddenly have um you know dozens and dozens of 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 alerts just coming through to your phone just overwhelming you and you know lots of noise and and, and you know the messages pinging left right and center um it will say good morning do you wish to retrieve your alerts you say yes okay and then you will gradually be dragged back into your digital world so there you go um you you you, you won't have to deal with everything at once and I guess that's that's a nicer way. That's a nicer way to ensure that um, you do have some time away from your device, because in one way or another, we're all addicted to our devices. Um, and uh, families, I think Apple will allude to the fact that these things can diminish the quality of uh, family time. And um, another aspect of Do Not Disturb, a new feature they've added, is um, to um, uh, allow for more options as to uh, when do not disturb is can be disabled so you, at the moment in control center you switch on do not disturb until you have you, you manually switch it off um now you can set specific time limits so you know do not disturb for an hour half hour etc or you can do it based on location now location is pretty good because let's say, for example, you're you're at a family event. Let's say you're at the park with the kids. It, you know, your phone knows you're at the park. You can switch on Do Not Disturb and know that, and 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 with the option of um, Do Not Disturb until I leave this location, and then you can be rest assured that when you leave the park, you will you will you will continue to receive or to be alerted to your messages but you can enjoy that period of time in that one location without being hassled so you don't have to worry you don't have to constantly check your phone you know that once you've left which implies that you finished your family activity um you will automatically receive your messages again and you know it's be good when you go into the cinema and things like that so you know it's it, it's a nice little feature um, there's been some improvements with notifications. Notifications can be terribly irritating on iOS because it seems like every single app notifies you about something, some more than others. And what um, 
Apple are doing now is using Siri intelligence to um, give you the option to disable notifications for individual apps, particularly if you aren't paying attention to them. Um, it will say, you know, you don't really respond to this thing. Do you want to disable notifications from it in future? Great. You'll be able to use 3D Touch to um, to tweak um, notification settings for each app on an individual basis. So, you know, you, have, you press down on, let's say, for example, Facebook, and I can disable notifications for that specific app rather than drilling down into the settings and doing it that way. Um, a really welcome feature that they announced was group notification support. Finally, um, some apps bother you more than others when it comes to notifications. Let's say, for example, Facebook. Let's say you've got a ton of messages that come in. And, you know, these are all very sort of superficial updates and nothing's terribly important. But you've got a long stream of Facebook messages in your notification center. So what will happen now is that these, these notifications will be grouped. So they'll be grouped by app, uh, topic and thread. And you can essentially triage an, an entire group with a single single swipe. So you can just kill all those Facebook notifications once in one action done um, so hopefully that will because I find using notification center quite stressful sometimes I just have to go through this endless list of notifications and most of the time I clear them all because I just can't I didn't have time for it I just clear them all and just start again but it doesn't take long for them to build up again but um hopefully grouping grouping things will will, will make make it a more pleasant experience so continuing on the topic of digital health and this again is a very welcome feature apple have announced screen time so screen time is essentially analytics um insights and reports into how you are using your device so you are literally going to receive reports on how you are using your phone how long you've been using your phone how often within an hour you are picking up your phone that will make for interesting analysis because most people are constantly fiddling with their phones um, and you can again much like Google's approach you can wean yourself off your device by setting app limits so for example um, a, many people have an addiction to Facebook have an addiction to Instagram or any other any any social network and so they would probably like to reduce the amount of time they go on it but it's hard because we you know we, we become addicted to things that we rely on so you can set yourself let's say hypothetically you can set yourself a, a two-hour limit let's say two hours of Facebook a day yeah it's a bit strict isn't it um and what will happen is that um when you've you're approaching your two hours of using Facebook. This is not continuously. This is like I can only use Facebook throughout a given day for a total of two hours. Um, so anytime you're in and out of the Facebook app, it counts against your time. So when you're approaching your limit, you'll get a notification saying, hey, you know, your limit's approaching. Be wary. And when you have reached your limit, you um, get um, well, basically you, you can't run the app. You've got a notification saying you reached the limit. You can't access the application. Of course, you can grant yourself an extension if your time is up. 
Um, but you know what I thought when they announced this? This is would make for great parental controls. And that's indeed what they said next. That um, there are tighter parental controls on iOS 12. That uh, parents will uh, receive activity reports for their children's devices. Thank goodness for that. And that parents can set allowances and um, and curfews. Um, which will be useful for bedtime and things like that. And parents can um, not only set uh, restrictions on particular applications, but they can white flag particular applications. So what I might say that I don't want my child to be using applications on their device, you know, after 10 p.m. bedtime, right? But I might give them permanent access to the phone app because the phone is, is, is maybe needed in an emergency and I don't need any restrictions on that. See, at the moment, with restrictions on, on iOS, it's all or nothing. You either block apps or you don't. And you can block based on, obviously, um, um, you know, age appropriateness. But the age ratings of most applications in the App Store are completely wrong. Um, some slip through the net. There are some applications that don't have any um, age age classification at all. And if you if you do attempt to block apps, they stay enabled for some reason. So this is a welcome update um, for myself as a parent, and I'm sure for many other parents out there. Um, bad news for the kids, but I cannot wait to limit the amount of time they spend on Fortnite and Instagram and Snapchat, etc. Now, moving on to messages, um, there's been a number, a number of enhancements uh, with messages, in particular iMessage for iOS 12. Um, first of all, with a collective groan, Apple announced there would be new emojis. We're going to have a ghost, a tiger, and a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Great. Um, a little bit more interesting is that Apple have announced personalized emojis called Memojis. You see where this is going. Much like the Nintendo Wii, you will be able to create a, a cartoon avatar, um, a Memoji. And essentially, this is um, this is a shameless ripoff of Samsung's shameless ripoff of emojis. Because Samsung had did a similar thing with the Galaxy S9. They, they, they ripped off Apple's Animoji concept, but they created this whole personalization thing where you can create a cartoon avatar. Um, so, yeah, this is a shameless ripoff of that. Um, the difference is that this allows for um, a deeper customization. There was a ton of of customizations you can make to the um, the meme the Memoji. Um, and, um, of course the, um, the iPhone 10's, um, facial recognition and 3D, 3D facial scanning is far superior to anything, uh, that Samsung offer, uh, with the Galaxy S9. So it will be an all in all superior experience on iOS, but it looks like fun. It will it encourage you to use an emojis more often. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, they even announced tongue detection. Yeah, tongue detection. Um, because if you stick your tongue out right now when you're recording a message using an emoji, um, it doesn't really deal with that very well. But now it can detect your tongue being stuck out. So, hey. 
um and other you know features added to messages and this is more for the for younger people than myself um there are um a number of effects and filters that you will be able to use natively from iMessage or the camera app itself um these are akin to um stuff you get on um you know, instagram and, and snap snapchat bitmojis and, and things like that um doesn't really float my boat but for those who are interested um they are there it seems like many of the effects that apple included in the uh, the clips application um have made it um to the iMessage um app natively um there was there's been some welcome enhancements to FaceTime actually um that Apple announced and it's been a long time coming finally group FaceTime messaging is here uh this is something that they should have implemented a long time ago and something that Google have offered with um with 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 their 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 um their hangouts application i think um for a while and i think google allow you to uh, i think it's a, i think it's a half dozen i think it's six six people i think it's the limit um with google video calling uh but facetime will now support up to 32 people speak 32 people video facetime calls simultaneously um and, and that's pretty impressive actually and um they they displayed um demonstrated the um the group the group the group function and it's quite impressive um because um you can obviously like you send an email to multiple people you send an iMessage to multiple people that's how you can initiate a facetime call a group facetime call you just add just add people and it will die more than one go um what happens is that you see each person in sort of you know uh, windows that sort of float across the screen and you can and you have a strip of the window of of um windows at the bottom of the screen where with with each each participant and you can just sort of um scrub across and pick which person you want to see primarily and, and you know that's displayed prominent more prominently on 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 the device screen um and and that's how you communicate really and obviously all the audio is coming in at once so it could get chaotic depending on um your scenario but it seems to handle things very well now part of the group um features that they demonstrated included the ability to initiate um facetime group calls through via iMessage iMessage conversation so you can have a group conversation in iMessage an ongoing one and you can very quickly with one tap of a button translate that into a group FaceTime session now if um that group are already within um are already in an active FaceTime um video call that for some reason you haven't been included uh haven't, haven't been included in um it, it will tell you it will say that there is a call active and it will give you there's a button there and it, will, and it will ask you if you if you want to if you want to join and you just tap the button and there you go um facetime will now allow you to add the the various video effects i mentioned um, i mentioned before and the sticker packs and animojis and memojis and all of those things you can now incorporate into your facetime call um to make things more fun and more interesting i suspect um and that's facetime really and then and, and i'm looking forward to that uh because 
it's it'll be nice to be able to facetime multiple members of family um if we're all in different places um i'm looking for i'm yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that one and i do appreciate that it's something that google have offered um for a while but it does sound like apple's implementation does have um a few more useful features let's just say so that's it for ios 12. apple then moved on to show us um watch os 5 so this is the next version of the apple watch software and as i said before um the apple watch seems to be the exception in terms of device support because this new version of watch os um will not support the original series zero apple watch which is a shame but it is getting a bit long in the tooth it is a bit slow it has a slow processor and some of these um features uh for watch os 5 that um they have announced um you're probably a little bit too much for the hardware um so in terms of um new features there's been some enhancements with the the workouts app so the workouts app has evolved over each iteration of watch os and um various new um workout types have been added like yoga and hiking it seems like everyone's covered now um there's no what type of sort of exercise or working that you do your activity is more or less covered now with the apple watch and what i i mean i use the apple watch i do work out every now and again not as often as i should um but i what annoys me is the um i have to fiddle around with it a lot so let's say I'm, I'm about to do a workout i have to go into the workout app i have to pick the appropriate workout that i'm, I'm doing am i running am i doing um, body strength etc etc i then have to start the workout and then it starts obviously um um you know it starts measuring my heart rate and and, and everything else and I then at the end of the app um, or the end of the session i should say i have to remember to stop the workout app and to save my workout otherwise i don't have a log of of, of my, my myself working out it doesn't go in terms of my um um my exercise got doesn't count towards my exercise goals goals for the day um if i forget to do anything and very often i would forget to either start the workout app or to stop the workout app and it causes all manner of chaos and there's nothing more frustrating it doesn't matter if you've done the real exercise if you if, if you've worked out and you and you have no log of it and particularly if you're if you're using the fitness tracker which essentially the apple watch is so a welcome announcement was automatic workout detection so this is brilliant so this will detect when you're working out so theoretically you won't have to go into the app anymore and start it manually it will just say hmm the watch will say well the watch will interpret um your your um your activity um as you're you're doing some sort of workout and it will automatically start the workout app or it will prompt you i think and say i think you're doing i think you're working out are you yes or no yep okay great continue and apparently it also detects the type of workout that you're doing i'm not sure how well that one's going to work um yeah i can understand that it's fairly you know using sensors is fairly and, and, and analyzing movements fairly easy to detect whether someone's cycling or whether someone's running um 
do it with you know, resistance body strength. I'm not sure how, um, but it it will apparently do that too, which is brilliant because the the, the just just the fiddliness of it is the most irrit is irritating thing about using the Apple Watch. Um, and it will also detect when your workout has ended. And as I said, that that's a particular problem with me. So that it's, it's a simple update, it's a simple change, it's a simple enhancement, but that is extremely useful, especially to me, extremely useful. Um, now, um, another feature um, added to watch OS 5 is walkie-talkie so this is a new form of messaging so at the moment on an apple watch you can make phone calls um and the apple watch series 3 is better than the other the previous versions of the apple watch in terms of its speaker and in terms of the mic you can actually make a phone call and, and then the person you speak to can hear you you can um type a message obviously send um um scribble a message um and it will um, transcribe that into text for you and you can use things such as an emoji etc um not an emoji you can use emojis etc but um what they've announced is um a thing called walkie talkie which is basically um you recording short um audio messages and that gets relayed to um the recipient and they are able to reply to you and it just goes back and forth as such as so and you know short messages and much like if you were using something like um you know whatsapp or, or even iMessage actually iMessage on an iphone you can you can record short audio messages and just re reply to them back and forth um but this is called walkie talkie and it does indeed act like a walkie talkie and what's interesting about this feature is that I am convinced it was announced for the very first Apple Watch, for the very first implementation of watchOS. I am convinced they announced Walkie Talkie, but for some reason it was pulled because this rings a lot of bells. And I'm actually going to, I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, I'll do a bit of digging and see if I can find some slides from the, the first, the very first Apple Watch event way back when it was first released. But I'm pretty sure this has been announced before, but been put on the back burner. But that's coming anyway. Um, I talked about Siri shortcuts, um, uh, that um, which is essentially um, Apple's implementation of um, the workflow app. And you will be able to access um, Siri shortcuts via the Siri watch face. Um, third party apps will, can also now interface with the Siri watch face. And the example they showed was City Mapper. So I can get to my City Mapper, my City Mapper route, mapper route via um, the Siri watch face. And they keep on showing the Siri watch face. And to be honest, the Siri watch face is the most useful one. Um, I use it all the time. It's just to have all that information at a glance and for it to um, um, to suggest uh, suggest actions and, and, and provide shortcuts to things based on where I am, time of the day, based on my habits, etc., etc. Extremely useful. Um, it is the most boring looking of the watch faces because you you know it, it, it's just a list of actions and buttons but it's the one that they keep um working on it's the one that they keep mentioning and all these enhancements complement that specific watch face so maybe that is the um that that's the one really you should be using for apple watch 
Um, what else do they mention? They mentioned um, finally um, when you so when when you if you use your Apple Watch to um, read emails, which probably not that often, but uh, you can do it, or you've received an iMessage and someone sent you a link, etc. Normally, if it's a link to a web page, you can't do a thing. You you tap on it and it says this can't be viewed on Apple Watch. Please use your iPhone. Uh, so now they've announced um, a web kit for the watch. And so web contact content rather can be uh, viewable on, on watchOS on, and formatted specifically for the small screen. Um, so while I wouldn't recommend doing any sort of lengthy web browsing in this manner, and you certainly won't have access to a web browser on the watch, you will be able to to preview view uh, web content, which is welcome. Another thing that they showed um, is, um, well, basically are interactive notifications. So that's, that's pretty good. So at the moment, we receive alerts for all manner of things on Apple Watch, uh, but once we're alerted, what can we do? We can't really do much. Um, we, some, um, alerts allow us to go into a watch specific app if we have that watch app installed um, but that takes time and that's not always convenient so interactive notifications have been announced where um, we can perform certain actions without actually launching the app and an example would be um, a restaurant um, restaurant booking so you've made a reservation for a restaurant on let's say open table for example and you get an alert saying, well, um, your reservation is for this evening. Do you wish to confirm or cancel? Now, normally I'd have to go into the open table app and find my booking and, you know, confirm or cancel in that way. But uh, with interactive notifications, I receive a prompt. I've got two buttons, confirm, cancel. I can do it straight away on my watch quickly and discreetly. Um, they also show um, a, a similar example using Apple Pay. Um, you know, you're, uh, you're invoiced for something or you're charged for something. Do you wish to, wish to pay for this item? And there's a button, pay with Apple Pay. All done for your watch, all done immediately. Um, the podcast app is coming to Apple Watch finally. Now, this is great. Uh, so you can now stream the intersection from your Apple Watch um, over, over um, 4G too, if you if you have um, the, the 4G Apple Watch, the cellular Apple Watch. Um, it's, it's simple. It's, it, it, it's something that should have been there from day one. And I don't know why it wasn't, but, uh, you know, particularly when um, you, you, you can use use this watch now away from your phone um certainly use the 4g app watch away from your phone and you can go for a jog you can go for a workout you might want to very well listen to a podcast so and, and you know until now there was no way of uh, listening to podcasts or to start streaming podcasts via your apple watch but you can do so now from ios 12. Moving on to um, TV OS such now, um, the often neglected uh, operating system for the Apple TV. What there wasn't much announced, to be honest with you. It's all pretty disappointing. Um, I mean, okay, I say that, but um, so the Apple TV, the, the latest version of Apple TV, the 4K one, called Apple TV 4K, 
um it's great it um supported 4k and um, hdr high dynamic range um for video but what it didn't uh do was support any of the um next generation audio audio standards namely dolby atmos so dolby atmos support is now coming so those who are lucky enough to have uh, dolby atmos um soundbars or those who are even luckier and actually have a proper Dolby Atmos setup with individual speakers will be able to take advantage of this from tvOS 12. Um, the, there have been enhancements to the TV app and these are all um, US centric enhancements. It seems like um, what Apple are trying to do is to pull people away from their their cable satellite TV boxes and to access everything via the Apple TV. So um, some of the enhancements that they announced was included um, bringing live sports and live news and adding, adding that to the TV app. The TV app essentially aggregates um, um, TV content from whatever you know tv applications you may have installed or services you may have installed for example netflix or um, amazon prime video and makes recommendations for you um you know based on your habits or based on what you've been watching so the tv app is your is your go-to app on the apple tv that's the idea and um like i said apple on a mission to eliminate the cable box uh to replace it with the apple tv so they had a single sign-on system um, and they have that at present where so there's a number of applications let's say for example nickelodeon or mtv or you know you have those apps and you can stream those channels live uh, but in order to do that you need to prove that you are a subscriber to that channel so you um you have a cable or satellite tv service this is just all in the states we, we we can't seem to do this with sky yet because sky are trying to um flog us their own sky q boxes uh but the way it works for our friends in the states is they log into their cable provider and with single sign-on they can have access to um all of those applications and then stream those those networks live via the apple tv so they sign on once to their their, their um, service provider and all the applications that support single sign-on will grant them access right so now apple have announced zero sign-on so this is this is quite clever so what it does is it, it makes the assumption that um your broadband provider if it's the same as your tv provider and i don't know what checks um take place and how that's done exactly then it's already authenticated you and it already give you access to those applications no sign on required that's brilliant that's the way it should be um iptv inter protocol television is the future clunky satellite boxes and you know that you can't carry around with you you can't chuck in a bag and take to a hotel or take to a friend's house those things are a thing of the past. It would be great if Sky got on board with this, but they will absolutely not because they are selling their Sky Q boxes and their Sky Q service. And like I said, I've said this before, Sky's business model is dying a death. Um, here's a little um, enhancement to tvOS. And this is a fun, this is not a big deal, but this is one that um, we'll enjoy at home because we're always constantly enjoying the... Um, the screensavers, the um, the aerial location screensavers on 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 the Apple TV, 
um and we're always like well where is that place that looks nice where is that and sometimes i find myself going on you know going on the internet and searching google and just finding out um you know where these locations are and they do mention them on apple's website but finally you'll be able to tap on the apple tv remote and you it will and it will display where that location is so that's a nice little touch and i'm looking forward to that um some new aerial locations were also announced including earth so Earth from space um, apparently have astronauts on the payroll and the payroll astronauts in the International uh, uh, Space Station who have been filming footage of the Earth from up there. And, um, you know, you can see the lights on night and, and it, it's quite stunning. Some of the footage that they showed um, and um, we will be able to enjoy that in glorious 4K as part of the new Apple TV screen savers for tvOS 12. Finally, that brings us on to macOS. Um, the next version of macOS will be called Mojave, um, continuing the uh, Californian um, naming conventions. And much like the deserts at night, um, this has inspired the dark mode. So there will be a dark mode on macOS, which is uh, useful for us developers and video editors and the like out there um there will be a dynamic desktop um this is just purely aesthetic so the wallpaper the desktop wallpaper will change during the day so let's say we have an image of let's say the desert in this example um it, in the you know it will be morning in the morning and you know it will change once you reach the afternoon it will change in the evening so dynamic desktops which i think windows 10 has to be honest with you um desktop organization um it seems to be a thing because apple have announced desktop stacks which is <laughs> good for me because i have an incredibly messy desktop so you can essentially group all of the files that you have dumped on your desktop um, into stacks based on specific categories. So, for example, tags, file types, etc., etc. Um, you 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 state that you want it to remain organized, and they stay organized. So every time you drag something to your desktop, it will automatically um, group itself into the appropriate stack if need be. Um, which means your desktop will remain tidy and clean. It will forever be tidy and clean, which is great. That's great to hear. Um, there are some, you know, enhancements under the hood in terms of the finder. So we can now create PDFs a lot more easily. You select multiple files in the finder. One click, boom, convert to a PDF or watermark as a PDF. Um, you'll be able to add markup to files using uh, within Quick Look. Uh, which uh, brings it in line with iOS because you can do a similar thing there. Um, particularly good if you have PDF forms that uh, like letters or forms etc that you need you need to sign. You'll be able to just you know spacebar, quick quick look, uh, markup, add your signature which you can predefine and just drag into the relevant spot on the form and that's done. Um, continuity has had some enhancements. Um, um, continuity will now be able to talk to your iOS hardware. So, for example, um, your iPhone 
and you will be able to um, use your iOS device to insert content into a Mac application. For example, use the camera of your iPhone to insert a picture into a, in, into an app or to uh, to scan documents, etc. Now the um, the news app is coming to macOS as is the stocks app and as is as the voice memos app. Now um, I said that this these were announced um, or rather that you know the stocks and voice memo apps were announced for the iPad um, news on macOS. Why is this a big deal? Um, it's well it, it's a useful app, but um, the bigger deal is that it's part of the future. Um, Apple made it absolutely clear at this event that they are not planning to merge macOS and iOS, um, but rather the direction they're going is uh, to experiment with allowing for a universal application, uh, merging the, 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 the macOS frameworks and, and the iOS frameworks to have an application that will work on both platforms or be it will work differently um, because our interactions with a Mac are different to our interactions with an iPad or an iPhone, um, but it will work nonetheless. And this is something they're going to allow developers to do to bring iOS apps to the Mac from 2019. And Apple are kicking things off by using the news app, the stocks app and the voice memo um, app as an example. So that's why there's been a focus on 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 those free apps throughout this event so that will be interesting to see um the directions thing things will go in that, in that respect but they've made it clear that they want mac os and ios to remain two separate um two separate platforms now there's been a lot of talk um about um privacy concerns about privacy or in terms of our use of the internet and of course the um the gdpr um the gdpr compliance um regulations have kicked in and that's um that's thanks to um eu regulation um which is why you've probably um been bombarded recently with emails um telling you that various services that you've signed up for or forgotten you've signed up for have um new sort of new privacy policies and you know for, for you to opt in if you want to continue to read any receive any emails from them or um when you go on websites themselves they you'll see various pop-ups telling you that you know this is how they're going to be using your data and tracking you using cookies do you want to opt in or out and so this is something that Apple mentioned at the event, and this is something that I don't think was given um, the attention it deserves. So Apple um, mentioned um, basically how you, you can be stalked all across the Internet um, through ad tracking and how ad tracking most people remains a mystery. You know, we've, we've all been victim of, of ad tracking. We will, you know. Um, we, we've searched for, let's say, you know, holidays in Florida and on every web page we go, it's reminding us about holidays in Florida and it wants to sell us holidays in Florida. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's terribly frustrating and, and even ads that oh, for, for products and services that you don't particularly have an interest in, they hound you and they track you all across the internet. Now, how does that happen? Um, well, Apple, well, not not many people know, but um, and Apple explained it today that a lot of the times um, these um, 
these like buttons and they mention Facebook by name funnily enough um, but these 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 social network um, like buttons and, and, and little comments boxes uh, that appear on all manner of websites even if you even if you participate and engage in them or not if you don't like something or dislike something or engage with something it's it, these things these tools exist they, they exist to literally track you and follow you around the internet and so what apple have said is that they are shutting this down so with safari and mac os they are going to frustrate these tools uh that that are used to track users um and they're essentially going to block them and um, if you do interact with them, they're going to warn you uh, of the consequences of interacting with them. And then it's up for you to opt in and to share your information. But they're not going to make it easy for them. And I respect Apple for this move. Um, Tim Cook has always um, been uh, quite vehement in um, matters of respecting users' um, privacy. And he has um, he's denounced uh, Facebook's practices uh, on, on, on many occasions. So it doesn't surprise me at all that Apple mentioned Facebook by name today. Um, it doesn't surprise me at all that they went out of their way to expose the tactics of platforms such as Facebook using like buttons, share buttons and comments fields and all things like that just as spy mechanisms to to um, to hound us and track us all over the internet and i think it's brilliant that this will be built into safari to block this down and hopefully um i mean i would much prefer that approach than to constantly deal with these 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 pop-up um, windows that we have today telling us that this site use cookie uses use cookies and um you know um, it you know it will use our data in this way and that way and we don't want to you know if we don't if we if we object we we shouldn't go on any further or you know we we and some sites give you the option to disable cookie tracking most don't and it's gonna it's gonna be a case where most people are just gonna click 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 yeah 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 whatever I don't care anymore just let me in and we're back to square one so I'm I'm glad that Apple are doing this um, and they're doing this at the browser level um, and hopefully um, the I mean these will have this will have repercussions on the way in in, in which these services um, misuse I would say misuse our data and um they um they also mentioned um a technique called fingerprinting and um this is used actually um by uh, by advertisers to track users who delete um delete their cookies so it's a quite nefarious way of of of, of still tracking users who have actually gone out of their way to um to 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 attempt to remove any tracking um so um that they, they will be uh, dealing with that as well um the way it works is that it normally identifies computers using other means so for example if a cookie has been well, normally a cookie leaves a trail of of of, of your your preferences and your selections and things like that and that's how we're, we're ordinarily tracked um if you've disabled that if you delete cookies, there are other nefarious ways in which you can be stalked, um, and that's 
um, identifying your computer, looking at things such as what plugins you have installed on your computer, what fonts you have installed, etc., etc. Um, so Apple are, well, and I don't even know about this to be honest with you. Um, it really is quite sinister. But the way Apple are going to deal with this on in in, in Safari on Mojave is to um present um web pages with as minimal details about the actual computer as possible so all macs will look generic they will look identical to everyone else's mac um there'll be no information about fonts and plugins um that will be exposed um they with no way for these um for these um the these services uh to track you in that manner so um that's brilliant um that that's brilliant and this, this is the sort of thing i like about apple and i take my hat off to them about this and it what what will be interesting is to see um the response of platforms such as facebook because tracking someone and 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 um you know selling data about its users that is the bread and butter of services such as Facebook and organizations such as Google. So I will be looking out with great interest to um, to hear what they have to say on the matter and to see if anyone else follows in Apple's footsteps. Now, probably the biggest disappointment about the WWDC uh, keynote was the absence of the HomePod. Now, I've already spoken about the HomePod. I love my HomePod. I think it's a brilliant device. Um, the sound is fantastic. And Apple have brought us stereo pairing and, um, you know, multi-room audio with the latest um, iOS 11.4 update. But um, the HomePod, as much as Apple will deny it, is indeed a smart speaker. Um, Siri is the backbone of the HomePod. You interact with Siri. And it is the smart speaker or the Amazon Alexa equivalent that the Apple fan was waiting for. And um, one of the um, advantages Amazon have with their um, Echo platform or Alexa as an AI is the fact that Alexa can be expanded. So Alexa can be expanded by the user installing a number of uh, skills. And these skills tap into various other services. And this is something that is open to developers. And developers can allow Alexa to retrieve additional information. Let's say, for example, given the status of the uh, London Underground. Um, Now, what I was hoping and what many... Uh, people were hoping was that Apple would announce something today that uh, would confirm that HomePod was open up for developers and developers could uh, write extensions uh, for the HomePod that would enhance its capabilities or enhance Siri's intelligence. Um, And that would obviously make HomePod a more useful item because the user could customize it uh, for their own means, for example tube status as i as i mentioned before and um i was really hoping apple would do that um and it didn't happen there was no mention of the home pod at all the only mention of home pod was in in was in respect to um siri shortcuts 
and they said that Siri shortcuts could be accessed um, in addition to um, your iOS device, in addition to the iPad and the iPhone, could be accessed via the Apple Watch, as I mentioned earlier on, and via HomePod. So that's not really a solution um, because as far as I can tell, Siri shortcuts can um, trigger HomeKit automations and perform actions within applications on your phone and your iPad, um, but won't actually be able to retrieve information, to relay and to read announce information. So my tube status example wouldn't apply there. Um, and it's just a shame. It's just the same. It's a missed opportunity. But I do wonder, I mean, I hear stories that the HomePod hasn't sold very well. And, um, you know, Apple have only have barely sold a million units and they've only just opened it up to other markets, including, I believe, Canada and Germany, etc. And um, maybe it's too soon. Maybe Apple won't extend the platform until it has a larger user base. But it seems like a wasted opportunity. I just don't know why they don't do it. And so I'm a little bit bummed about the HomePod, actually. I'm a little bit down about that. Um, it's a great device. It will get better. I mean, it has got better with the recent update. But this was an idle opportunity to get developers on board. Um, you know, just, just, just allow them in. Allow them simple extensions. I mean, I, 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 I don't know why. I don't know why that was that was denied to us. But um, there are rumors that Apple want to extend the HomePod range, want to release a smaller, cheaper version that perhaps the price of the current one, which is £320, is too high. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure in time the HomePod will, will be opened up uh, for developers to expand. Um, in the meantime, we will just have to, I'm going to say we, I mean Apple fans, will just have to look at Alexa uh, Amazon's Alexa with a little bit of envy because there is so much that that, um, that AI can do. Um, there's so much information that it, it can retrieve. But other than that, the HomePod is superior in almost every other way as a piece of technology. So it's a strange one, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we haven't heard last of, of the, uh, the HomePod in terms of new features and... Um, you know, much like um, the Apple Watch um, wasn't exactly a hit on day one. Um, I think when um, the HomePod uh, gains a little bit more popularity, Apple will um, make some bold decisions and announce some really cool enhancements to the platform. Well, that's about it for um, this edition of Intersection. There was um, there there was a lot. Um, a lot to cover actually in this event and i would advise if you are interested to stream the video the the um i'll put a link in the show notes actually and you can you can watch the entire thing it was quite lengthy but i've i've, I've just tried to summarize the main points and so it looks like we've got a lot to look forward to in terms of ios 12 which we'll probably see in september if you are a developer or you are able to um download the beta of ios 12 right now but um i wouldn't advise doing that unless you are a developer and have a spare device because normally uh the first beta is is, is quite buggy so i would just wait patiently for the public beta or or for the final version itself 
for those of you who are expecting hardware announcements and, and they, they will come apple normally hold a separate event for hardware and i suspect we may see something in the next few months or so certainly there's rumors that um a new ipad um pro is on the horizon and rumors that there will be um a series 4 new generation of apple watch so i you know next few months we'll see that and of course we'll cover it on the intersection okay so if you um are not yet a subscriber um please subscribe to us you can find details on how to subscribe on our website which is intersectioncast.com we are listed in all major podcast directories, including iTunes and TuneIn Radio. If social media is your thing, you can be alerted to new episodes uh, via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash intersectioncast, or our Twitter account, which is at Let's Intersect. If you wish to drop us an email, um, if you have any feedback, suggestions, any questions at all, please do so. Um, you can contact us at our email address, which is feedback at intersectioncast.com or use that same email address, um, which is also our Skype account to drop us a Skype voicemail. I'm Jonathan Wildman signing off this edition of The Intersection. Thank you again so much for listening. And until the next time, that's a wrap. The intersection. The intersection.